What's up, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them your favorite Thanksgiving food. It doesn't have to be traditional Thanksgiving food. I know some of us have different kinds on a Thanksgiving. <laughs> some of you are like, it was my favorite food, but then I had so much and now I don't know, right? And we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving celebrating with your loved ones, your family members and friends. And again, we're so happy to see every single one of you in the house as we conclude our series called uh, Beyond Tonight. And, you know, before anything else, I just wanted to share something that I had like this moment with God during Thanksgiving and kind of Jenny alluded it to a little, a little bit already in her, in her opening prayer. But, you know, on Thanksgiving, it's a time to give thanks and it's a time to pause and be still and give gratitude towards God. And I did that. Like in the midst of everything going on, I found some quiet time in the morning to just go before God. And I remember, you know, talking with him in prayer. Just be like, God, I'm so thankful for my life. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for all of these things that we have. And I'm just having a moment with God. And I remember in the stillness of God's voice, but also sometimes God's just so straightforward and honest and kind of blunt with us too. He was like, it's about time. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like here I am just trying to like worship and praise God and give him thanks. And then he's like, it's about time. And I remember pondering that a little bit because God went silent. So I know he's asking me to think a little bit more about what happened. So I was thinking a little bit more. And I realized how busy I was this past Thanksgiving. Places that I needed to be. Things that I needed to do. All of these obligations like in our everyday life. And not once throughout this week did I pause or still myself and give God thanks. Except for Thanksgiving Day. And God began to tell me. Remember, the posture of thanksgiving and gratitude that we should have as believers and Christians isn't supposed to be relegated to a holiday that happens once a year. We actually have to prioritize, not just in our schedule, but also in our soul, the moments where we can truly be still every single day and be grateful and thankful for this amazing God who loves us so much. And I know some of us are on a journey of faith. This is new to you. You came to church because someone invited you, someone's been reaching you, connecting with you and saying, hey, come to church and this and that. The reason why we do everything that we do on a Sunday is because we truly believe that God loves this world and he wants to see everyone in this world come to know Jesus. So the reason why you're here and those people kept on inviting you, the reason why we do all that we do is so that you can know that God is good, that he loves you, that he's with you, that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And that gives us hope every single day. And we live in a day and age, right, where hope can sometimes be limited. We limit hope to our circumstances. We limit hope to the things that we're experiencing and going through. And we see the problems of our lives and the problems of this world. And we limit what hope is. But the hope that we talk about here in our faith is Jesus. His hope knows no limits. His hope has no boundaries. His hope wants to go above and beyond in us, through us, for others, here in Hawaii, here in the U.S., and all around the world. That's the kind of thing that we get to celebrate. That's the kind of faith and love we get to experience every single day. And again, I know some of us are going through hard times. Many people are. But at the end of the day, we have Jesus. And isn't that something to be grateful and thankful for? Amen? Something that we can have every single day. You know, tonight we're going to be talking or concluding this series. And what we're going to be talking about this evening is kind of a topic that I think us, especially in Hawaii, need to hear. And that's this thought about how God wants to use us. Us that live in Eva Beach, us that live in Waipahu, us that live in Kapolei, us that live in Honolulu. He wants to use us to change the world. 
And that's a big jump, man. Sometimes I would grow up kind of thinking like, man, like Waipahu to Hawaii Kai is like a brand new world. You know, like you just kind of drive for like 30 minutes and you're like, oh my God, I'm in like a new state. And you're literally just 30 minutes from your house. But God wants us to go beyond our borders because there's goodness that he wants to reveal to the world that desperately needs him. We've talked about this series. It starts in our personal lives, right where we are. But tonight, specifically, we're going to focus about the importance of us as believers sowing and going into the mission of the gospel all around the world. And I pray that it would enlarge our vision for ourselves, that would enlarge our vision for God, but most importantly, would enlarge our vision for people. Because to God, people matter. Amen. All nations, all tribes, all ethnicities, all languages they matter to God. God's word will speak to us tonight. So let's open our, our evening with prayer. Lord, we're so grateful and thankful for the gospel. There's nothing more powerful and amazing to know that the Lord of the world would come to save us, God. And as we talk about living beyond, Lord, I pray that you would stretch our mindsets, God, to not just think about living beyond here in Hawaii in our everyday life. That's important. But stretch us to see the world through your eyes because the world was worth saving. So our heart should break for different nations, different countries. Our heart should break for different people that we're not used to or comfortable with. Lord, you want to use the church to do great and wonderful things locally, nationally, and globally. And the church is not a building. It's the people. We are the church. So prepare us, Lord Jesus, for how you want us to be part of your beautiful and amazing plans to redeem this world. One life at a time through us. Humble, flawed, but grateful and thankful servants. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Turn to your neighbor, tell them God is good. Turn to your other neighbor, tell them all the time. Num- number one in your notes goes like this. A heart of thanksgiving. Everyone say thanksgiving. A heart of thanksgiving for the gospel leads us beyond our borders. This isn't in your notes tonight, but I want to just... Share with us John 3.16. It's a passage that many of us know, and it goes like this. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And what I love about this passage is it says God so loved the world. He loved the world that he created, the world that he made, and all the people that were in it. So much so that he would send his son Jesus to save this world. And it's interesting to give a little bit of context to this time period The believers at the time, the Jews at the time, didn't think God was coming to save the world. They thought that he was coming to save their nation. God's chosen people, the Israelites and now the present day Jews, they thought that God was only coming for them. Yet Jesus changes everything when he comes into the picture and he says, no, 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 no. I didn't come just to save the Jews. I didn't come just to save your nation. I came to save the world. And all of us here, in some way, shape, and form, we're on this process of discipleship. And discipleship is simply this, becoming more like Jesus in our lifetime here on earth. That's what discipleship is. We learn about it through our word. We learn about it through prayer and small group and how we live our life through experiences and the relationships that God has placed around us. We're going to learn about that. And if our heart is to become more like Jesus and Jesus loved the world, then that simply means for every single one of us that God doesn't want to just save us for our own sake, our own comfort, our own needs, our own household, our own state. He actually wants to save this world 
And he wants to use us as the hands and feet to see the world come to know Jesus again one life at a time. This is big. This was huge for the early uh, believers. Because again, they thought it was just, the gospel is just for us. And Jesus changes that. No, it's for everyone. For us here, Jesus can't just be about us. Our faith in God, our discipleship, our journey of faith can't just be about us. It needs to break the walls and go beyond. And that also includes the nations. And one of the last things that Jesus says to his disciples, this will be in your notes, is from Acts 1 to 8. It'll be up on screen. This is one of the last moments Jesus had with the believers at the time. One of the most important things that he had to say to them was this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want to sit on that first. The word witness, to be a witness means that you are going to tell the truth. Right? Court of law, language, Webster. Like that is what witnesses are. They tell the truth. And Jesus is saying, you know that I came back from the grave. Hello, I'm right here. I am alive. And he's calling the disciples to be his witnesses, to go tell the truth of the gospel to Jerusalem where they are, Judea and Samaria, which was regions near them, and lastly to the ends of the earth. And I know that that can kind of be a little bit hard for us to comprehend, but imagine the disciples at the time when they didn't even know what the world looked like. Like they had no internet. They had no encyclopedias. They didn't have like access to learning about the world. All they knew was that this dude named Jesus, the son of God, the Messiah said, we need to go. And they didn't even know what going meant for them. Like us, we kind of have concepts, right? Of like the United States and the world, but they didn't. But why did they go was because they knew the truth. Jesus was the son of God and he overcame. And if he is who he said he is, The last things that he's going to have us do, which is telling us to go, we need to go. And this wasn't just for the believers at the time. That's the believers today. That's every single one of us, even us that don't necessarily see ourselves more than just Hawaii born and raised local brothers and sisters. You know what I'm talking about? I was the poorest version of like pigeon. I'm so sorry I did that. But I tried. I tried for you and the world. Okay. And that's like one of the things that I wrestle with because when I first came to know Jesus, like again, like I grew up in like Waipahu. I love, you know, I love my neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Yes, let's go. I went to Pro City High School though, sorry. <laughs> but like, yeah, I went to, lived in Waipahu my whole life. And I was just kind of like, when I came, you know, like to this church, even like 18 years ago, even from the very beginning, we'll talk about that a little bit later, they're already talking about the world. And I'm like, I don't even know like where I high school is and you're asking me to pray for the nations. Like I just... Pro Ridge, that's like kind of like my milestone, like getting to Pro Ridge on the bus. And you're asking me to be able to pray for like the nations and the world. But he does that to us. When he starts to break your heart for your household, break your heart for the campuses that you're on, the places that you work, your family members and friends, the next thing that naturally comes is he breaks your heart for the world. And he did that for me. I remember praying for different nations and different places and different things and people, even people that I couldn't even imagine myself. When we as a church would pray for the nations, I would pray in faith that God would touch these nations. And I got to experience something so close to what I feel like heaven would look like. And that was the 2019 Every Nation World Conference. I don't have any photos. I wish I did, but a quick story on it. Every few years, every nation, our family of churches, literally around the world, every nation, 
we would gather, and this one was in Orlando, Florida, and it was in this huge, like, indoor arena, maybe sat, like, 50,000 people, like, they got a lot of space in Florida, okay? And there was people from all nations, people dressed in, like, their clothing from their country, the people on stage leading worship, the people that were speaking, the people that were preaching, they were from places all around the world. And I remember sitting in or standing in this time of worship where I could see people literally of all tribes and all nations with all languages and tongues just worshiping God. It was one of the most impactful moments of my life so far. Because not only was I able to pray for the nations, I could actually see what it would look like in heaven where every nation, every tribe, every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord. There is nothing more humbling than that. And I share this for all of us because in faith, God is going to call us to go. In faith, God is going to call us to sow. In faith, God is going to ask of us to stretch ourselves to see the world and say the world is worth living for and sharing the gospel for one life at a time. And I wish I could kind of bottle up that moment and like just kind of share it with all of you, but hopefully I did it some justice. But again, people from Africa, South America, people from Asia, people from the U.S., with all of the division and things and controversies that are going on, worshiping the same God in unity and love, there is nothing more amazing than that. And as a church, Again, not the building, but as God's people, we are called to help that happen in our lifetime. Amen? Turn to your neighbor, tell them, God loves this world. Number two in your notes. To do this, though, we must be equipped and trained to go. Romans 10 to 12, uh, 10, 12 to 15 goes like this. This is going to be one of the more sobering passages that we'll read tonight, but I pray that God would speak to us. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. And Jews were God's chosen people. Gentiles were everyone else. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Even then at that time, there was a lot of bad news. And the Apostle Paul is saying, those that bring the good news of the gospel, that witness to the truth of the gospel, that kind of lifestyle is beautiful. But here's the sobering truth of the beginning of that passage. You can only receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You can only know for certain that this side of eternity will pass and you will see Jesus in heaven. You can only experience that if you've heard the gospel and someone witnessed the gospel to you. This is why the Apostle Paul is saying, guys, girls, ladies, everyone, we need to do this. We need to continue to preach the gospel because there is a whole world out there. Again, they didn't know what the world looked like, but there's a whole world out there that is yet to know Jesus and we have the answer to eternal life. And the only way that these people that we haven't even seen and don't even know will ever come to know Jesus past Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth is if we rise up to what God has called us to. That's why the early church existed. 
They were trained and they were equipped to do something super, super simple that we can actually do today. Share the gospel, make disciples, love God, and love people. It's crazy how much we complicate our faith as Christians. Isn't it true? I complicate it all the time. Like, I'm in my head, like, 90% of the day. My wife knows that. Like, always kind of, like, thinking, like, just always thinking, always pondering, always wondering. And sometimes I do that with my faith. Is Christianity about this? Is being a believer and a witness about that? When it doesn't go back to these foundations of loving God and loving people and sharing the gospel and making disciples, that's when we know we've overcomplicated our faith. The simple truth of the gospel, what we witness to personally and what we share relationally with others is a simple, simple fact that the people that God has placed us around that don't yet know Jesus, I'm talking about our households, I'm talking about our working places, our campuses, our neighbors, our friends, our family members, and the people in the world that God may call us to reach one day, if they don't know Jesus and receive him, if they have not heard the gospel, then there's no way that they can enter heaven. And that should bother us. There's nothing greater than seeing the person you prayed for. There's nothing more amazing than believing in faith for someone's salvation that God placed on your heart and actually seeing it happen before your eyes. It is the most, and you know, here's the crazy thing. We were all somebody's one in our lifetime. Somebody shared the gospel to us. Someone loved us enough to say, I want to see you in heaven one day. Could be your family member, a friend, some random dude at the gym that just was like, you need to go to church and we're going to flex later. You know, like whatever. I don't know who reached out to you. But they knew that if you didn't hear the gospel and if you didn't receive Jesus, I would never be able to see you in heaven. And that bothered them so much that they were willing to go beyond themselves into your life until they knew that they knew that they knew that you were ready to say yes to Jesus. And the rest is literally written in eternity. That's what the church is about. And that's why I'm thankful to be part of Pearlside. Because from a very, very young age, they were already making us do work. I was just like, man, like there's so much homework at Pearlside. Or it was Grace Bible at the time, right? I was kind of studious, but I was like, oh, school should only be Monday to Friday. And then here I am on Sunday and it's more work. But from the very beginning, training, equipping, sending the church, we exist so that we can do ministry together. It's not just the pastors it's not just your small group leaders. It's not just the ones that raise their hand a little bit higher during worship, that look a little bit extra holy because they sing well or not. I don't know. Like, It's not just a select few that God has called to live on mission and beyond. It's all of us. This church exists so that we can learn how to be disciples and be witnesses and also share that with other people around us. It's simple. There's a lot of flash sometimes on a weekend service here. We have a great facility. It's awesome. It's amazing. But at the end of the day, what matters most to us is the people placed on your heart by God that they will come to know Jesus when we do this together. Not just in the building on a Sunday night, but out there Monday through Saturday as well. Amen? One of the first things that, again, kind of like homework, not really homework, it was like life experience and applying the gospel or the Bible into my life. So, Pastor Coach Alfredo Canencia, he's out at our um, Pro Highlands congregation. And he would come periodically to like our, our small groups at Pearl City High School. And what he would do that I would, 
just as an introvert, like just like get queasy about was he would pick one or two of us from like, and he would like interrupt us from small group and he would take us out of small group and he'd be like, let's go walk around the campus. And I'm like, no, I don't want to walk around the campus because he, what he would make us do was he would tell us, you're going to go talk to those people. You're going to share your faith with those people. You're going to reach out to those people. You're going to invite those people and those people to small group and service. And I'm like, oh my God, like those are the popular kids or those are the jocks or those are, you know, the, the really smart people, you know, like what, what, like, why are you making me do this? Let me just stay in my comfort in this classroom with my friends that know Jesus. And when I think about it, that life application and experience of sharing the gospel to different people groups at this high school was like me learning how to go to the nations because each people group was so different. But each people group still needed to know Jesus. This church that we're a part of, it's special. I'm not just saying it because I love this church, but I do love this church, and I know many of us do. I'm thankful to be a part of a church that wants to live out mission every day. That's why you hear us talk about it. Who are you reaching? Who are you inviting? Who are you praying for? Who are you loving? We actually believe in this, and we want to live it out. And as we kind of lead more into tonight's uh, message I just wanted to share some of the great things about how our church is leaving the comforts of 22-inch seats and really, really good AC here at the main campus, and we're making a difference in the community. We've started different congregations and churches and sites, and I just want to share about this with us so that we know that this church, we're putting to action what we know is truth, and that's the importance of witnessing to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the, earth, of the earth. I'm going to throw up some photos of what God is doing, and I hope it encourages us as we bring things to a close tonight. But the first uh, couple that I want to mention is Pastor Key and Chanel Omo. Make some noise for our first church plant in like so many years. <laughs> pastor Key was my youth pastor, so at the end of the day, I'm always like Team Key, but I'm also Team God, so at the end of the day, we're on the same team. But they launched out a church in Kaneohe, and they're reaching so many families there. Like, it's amazing to know that this youth pastor at Pearlside, or Grace Bible, that I got to just witness and see God move in, and those ages now out there leading a new church, a new church plant on the east side. And like I said, Waipahu to Hawaii Kai was far. And we know that some people in Kaneohe won't come here, but they'll go there because of relationship. As Pastor Key and his wife Chanel and this amazing group of men and women from our church that said yes to going to Kaneohe. Some of them, they don't even live in Kaneohe. They are literally members of the serve teams and leadership team in Kaneohe that live in Milani, that live on the west side. And they're saying yes to what God is leading in their hearts to be a part of out on the east. When I moved to Eva Beach, I thought I was on the west side. And then got to remember, there's even more west to the west side than Eva Beach. Let's talk about Nanakuli. We have Nanakuli, a new site that was started by Moku and Sierra Kukonu. They work full-time jobs, but God placed it on their hearts so much that they were willing to open their home two weeks of the month through the small groups that they were able to start in Nanakuli, and they were having services. They laid out cement in their garage so that people could experience service. We're going to the west side. We're going to the east side. It's the love of people that is drawing us out. In Laliha, we have Kevin and Mary Asano. If you don't know Kevin, he is an Olympic silver medalist in judo. He actually won this or received the silver medal in Japan. 
has a huge heart for Japan and international students. And they have this dojo, and once a month, or well, every day, they flip people and they do judo things. I don't know a whole lot about judo. But they also preach and share the gospel, and they're believing for this judo community and the people represented by them to come to know Jesus. We also have Liko and Nikki Cruzi. They're starting something out in Milani. How many of us live in Milani? Make some noise. Yes. <laughs> Great. Three of us. We're going there so that there can be more from Milani. Amen. Like they're doing some, they also bivocational, like they work full-time jobs. They have a bunch of kids. But God birthed something in their heart. They're at Kapapa Elementary. If you have family members in Milani, for the three people that said yes and for the rest of us, invite them out there. We're doing it so that they can come to know Jesus. Now we're passing out of Hawaii. Now we're going to Tacoma on the West Coast. Mark and Ruth Young. Mark was also part of our youth ministry. He was one of the leaders that I had, that I got to look up to. And now him and his wife, they're church planting out in Tacoma. It's cold there right now. You thought it was cold when you got up this morning. It's colder in Tacoma. Amen. God is doing great things there. Reaching a whole people group, not even in our time zone. And beyond the U.S. time zones, we're going international. As many of you folks know, Corey and Sonia Alimaza have already left and they're in Thailand. By the way, I think this photo is funny because they're in Thailand, but the background is snow. Don't get it, but they're there. I promise you, they're in Thailand, them and, and their son. These are my friends that have said yes to going. It means a little bit more when they're your peers. It means a lot to all of us, but I grew up with Corey and Sonia in our ministry and they're out there now. And lastly, Jeff and Liana Ganos. They're going to Thailand as well. Isn't that crazy? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, our church is living that out. And it doesn't have to be just select individuals. I pray that God would break our hearts for different countries. That He would give us the opportunities to see the world the way that Jesus saw it. Worth saving, worth loving. Every nation, every tongue, Every tribe confess that he is Lord. Amen. We're going to be receiving a legacy offering in a little bit all throughout this month. And I just, we don't want anyone to feel obligated. There's no obligation. But if there's one thing I know about our church is we believe so much in this. I pray that as a church, we would all individually just prayerfully consider how we can see the gospel spread all across this world. Amen? Third point tonight. All of us can go and sow beyond our borders. I'm going to be reading a quick passage, or actually it's kind of long, but it's going to be a longer passage out of 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 13, and this will help us come to a close this evening. This is the parable of sowing and reaping, and Jesus and other teachers in the New Testament, they would talk and share stories about faith to the people in ways that they could understand and comprehend. Again, they didn't have access to a lot of the things that we did. So they shared biblical truths and foundations about their faith through stories. And this story in particular, when it comes to going and sowing, is based on agriculture. Because everyone in that time could understand the importance of farming, the importance of, and the meaning of what this would mean for them. But then they relate this to the gospel and the sharing of the gospel. Like, it wasn't until this weekend that I saw this passage and I read it and it hit me in a different way. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But again, 2 Corinthians 9, to 9, 6 to 13. Remember this. 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Notice that this is now turning into mission. Generosity leads into mission. Now he supplies, speaking of God, now God supplies seed to the sower and bread for food and also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And though us and through us, your generosity result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the need of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourself. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. This passage hit me in such a different way that I literally had to write points that God spoke to me that I want to share with you from like verse to verse. Because again, I didn't see this passage before. Sometimes we just focus on the generosity side. If you're going to be generous, God will bless you. Great. That's awesome. Amazing. It's a promise from God. But the rest of this passage tells us that the generosity that God gives us is for other people. And when he reaches other people through us, the generosity in us leads to thanksgiving in us. And it also leads to thanksgiving in those we're reaching to God. When we are generous with what God has given us, it brings us back to the why of what we do. It's not our earnings. It's not what we make. It's not what we owed, are owed. It's what God has blessed us with. And if he's blessed us and discipleship is about seeing the world the way that God sees the world and sees us, then generosity has to flow out of us. And when generosity flows out of us, it allows us to give thanks to God because it's all from him anyway. And when we do that, other people will come to know God as well through our generosity. Why? We live in a world that doesn't want to be generous. We're counterculture. That's the church. When the economy and the news and these people and that people say hoard and keep because what's going on? Yes, that's true. But also God is in control. And God has still called his people to be generous. And I love this. Like I love it even more now. Because in the midst of reading and studying for tonight, God showed me this is how large generosity is. It's not just so that we can be blessed or not even so that we have the reminder to worship God. It leads to other people. I just want to share just a few lines from this. This passage still on screen. Can we put the passage back on screen, please? Thank you. Verse 7. Again, this isn't the passage. Again, this is like my reflections from it. So again, I just want to share. Verse 7. Giving is a choice, and God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8. When we sow, God promises abundance in all that we do. Verse 10. God will take care of us, but he will also enlarge the harvest. God wants to enlarge the harvest that we're going to reach and the impact of the righteous, that we are righteous through Jesus. We're going to impact the harvest through our giving. And lastly, verse 13, what we sow into in terms of the gospel will lead others to come to know Jesus. I just needed to share that. I don't know if that went over some of our heads, but like, man, like generosity leads to people coming to know Jesus. It's powerful. One story 
Before we get into our last point tonight, Josh and Malin, uh, Josh and Malin Vitting, they're two people that have been integral to the start of the Tacoma site. Josh is a psychiatrist in the Army. I've actually known him for a very, very long time. He was one of our campus ministers, believe it or not, before he went into med school and went into the military and all of that. But him and his wife have just this huge, generous heart. Like, if you get to know them, like, they're always asking how you're doing. They're always asking if you want coffee. They're always just, they're always all around. Like, they're everywhere. Like, just really, like, if you blink, you'll miss them, but they're always there. But they've been going back and forth. When they knew that we were going to start something in Tacoma, they started heading out themselves, looking at the area, looking at places where we could rent to have services for the community. They even were the ones that gave like us the first, or like they rented the first place for us to have our first service in Tacoma. They were the ones that led the way. They've sent, they've literally paid for people's flights to go up there and be part of what God is doing just so that they could have a glimpse. They're leading small groups from Hawaii on Zoom in Tacoma with people that they're reaching and leading. And I know, like, we look at this and we're like, no, I'm not asking all of us to do what they're doing. But that's what a heart of generosity says. is like everything that I have comes from God. And if that could lead to one more person coming to know Jesus through my generosity, then so be it. I don't have time to talk about Josh's story, but he didn't always have these kinds of resources. Malin didn't have all of these resources. But in the life that they've had of just being a disciple and loving God and loving people and sharing the gospel and making disciples and being obedient and faithful with the little that they had where they were, God blessed and blessed and provided and provided in abundance and abundance so much so that he's like, I can trust you with so much because you were faithful in every season that I gave you, even in the season of little. God wants to enlarge in our heart for people. I'm blessed to be part of a church that says we're going to send everyone. And the people in the church aren't just begrudgingly like, okay, I guess I'll go to Milani. No, we're going, amen. The three of you that like got excited for Milani, check it out. God is good, amen. He wants to bring abundance through generosity, not just for our life, but for other people. Last point in our notes tonight goes like this. Just as Jesus went above and beyond for us, we are called to do the same for others. John 13, 34. And I just love this. Like, we got to end with Jesus. Because again, he's the one that had the heart to save the world. He was the one that was willing to leave his comfort and convenience and the blessing of being in heaven with God. Like, just chilling and doing his thing. Like, he was willing to go beyond, not just go beyond, like, a country. He went beyond heaven to earth to be with us. And then he died for our sins and then he conquered sin and death and he overcame the grave so that we could have eternal life and eternal hope through him. And he's asking us to have that same kind of heart for others. Like I just love this. I'm gonna read it again because I love it so much. John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have a love for one another. And again, that love goes beyond one life. It goes beyond where you are. It goes beyond where we occupy. It goes to the world. One life at a time. Quick story before we go into a response time tonight. In 2019, I was actually going to go on 
my very first, or 2020, excuse me, my very first international mission trip. My wife, Chantel, has gone to Yokohama, Japan, and served at our Yokohama church like five times. Like, that's a lot, like five times. That's like one whole hand. Like, she's gone many, many times. And in 2020, we were going to lead a team. Many of us are part of our of this ministry or this service right here. And we were going to go in 2020. And I was so excited because, again, hard to believe, but it took about 15 years. Again, local boy from Waipahu, now in Evo Beach. Like, it took me a long time to say, yes, I'm willing to go to another nation. And Japan really came on my heart, came on Chantel's heart. And we were like, we're going to go. We're going to lead a team. And we were ready to go. But what happened, obviously, in 2020 was the, the pandemic happened. And we actually had to shut down the idea of us being able to go to Japan. And Japan didn't stay shut down for just a couple months. They didn't stay shut down for a couple years. It actually was shut down for almost four years because of the rules and all of that and that kind of thing. But I want to share about one thing, and this is kind of a fast forward, but I want to share about something that happened this past Wednesday that like on a personal level makes this message to me come so, like it just comes so alive. It makes it so loud in the best of ways. And we had this international Friendsgiving right here at our building. I think we have a photo of that on screen. Photo? Yes. Let me talk to you about this, okay? Remember, we're thinking in 2019, we're going to be able to go reach this uh, nation. And this past Wednesday, we had an international Friendsgiving. And we give you some numbers. 23 Japanese international students came and two from Afghanistan by Josh Vidding, via Josh Vidding. Can we make some, give God some praise for that? That was cool. In fact, I'm going to put him on the spot. Aoi, can you stand up real quick? Just say hi to everybody. This is Aoi. Thank you, Aoi. He brought all, the, all of them. He brought 20-something people. Crazy. But let me give you, like, just this backstory of how a whole bunch of different people that had a heart for the world led to this. Janelle Casero, he's usually here on a Sunday night drumming. One of the best drummers we got. He was at a Starbucks event because he works at Starbucks. Talk to him after, right? And he met Aoi. And he just started like wanting to reach Aoi and just be a friend. At the end of the day, people just need friends. Aoi's an international student, exchange student from Japan. He's spending some time at UH Manoa. And, and Janelle brought him to service. But most importantly, he brought him into his life, okay? That's one storyline with Janelle. Mission team came up to Yokohama, Japan. Unfortunately, Chantal and I couldn't go. We have a baby, right? But we had nine of our church members go up to Japan. And they served alongside the Yokohama church. And I was like living vicariously through their Instagrams. I was so jealous. They did great things. Prayer search happened also in October. And there was a man in Pastor Billy Lyle's small group or leadership group named Shane Kono. And God has always placed a nation of Japan on his heart. But this past uh, Sikh week, it was so clear Shane, you need to go. You need to do something. And he was talking to Pastor Billy about like what he can do to reach international students here in Hawaii or beyond. When the missions trip came back, I was meeting with Vian, who led our team. And I was like, Vian, how do we reach international students here? We wanted to start a campus ministry at Tokai University. That's, that's in the pipeline. Four different people groups 
that got to experience God's heart for the world. We all got connected somehow, some way. Long story, but we all got connected. And can we put up that photo again? And this Friendsgiving occurred. And you know what was so beautiful to me? Is it reminded me of the World Conference, where I got to see different people of different nations being in relationship and community with one another because there is a God that loves us all. And honestly, like, I wanted to do more, but I also didn't know what to do because I wasn't the one running the event, so I was pretty much useless. <laughs> so I was just, like, eating turkey and gravy and observing. And I remember looking, and God was like, 2020 did happen. The mission trip for the world does continue. You might not have been able to go. You and your wife not, may not have been able to go. But look how I am restoring Look at how I am making new. Look at how I am making a way for the world to come to know Jesus because of what this church believes in and what disciples are called to do. That was one of the most life-giving things. And you know, like, I actually, like, my wife and I, we supported some of the missionaries to go to Japan. And the reason why that scripture from Corinthians impacted me, because we didn't get to go but we sold into other people going and to know what they did there and to see what God is doing here reminded me that there's no price tag to what God can do when people say yes to mission and yes to the lost coming to know Jesus, not just here in Hawaii, but all around the world. That was awesome. Having Aoi here is awesome. Sorry, I just keep putting you on the spot, brother. It's all good. You know why this is awesome? Because God's awesome. Super simple. And if God wants to reach the world, as disciples, I pray that our hearts would break for the world too. It would break for this nation, this state, our household, our campuses, our loved ones, those that God has called us to reach, whoever they are. If God said go, we better go. Amen. If God gives us opportunities to sow, we must prayerfully consider how. Because again, what we give, God never leaves untouched and unused. He multiplies, He expands, He grows. He reaches nations from this small local church in Aea, Oahu.